everybody. Welcome back to the Resistance Broadcast. I'm John. Thanks so much for joining us today. Uh, we're the podcast for StarWarsNewsNet.com. Uh, James and Lacey are with me as always. We have a good show for you today because we're going to talk about the latest in Star Wars news. We hope you had a chance to check out the Mando Fan Show from this past Friday. Uh, it's available on our YouTube channel, youtube.com slash videos, and of course, your favorite podcast app, whether that's Spotify, my personal favorite, or Apple Podcasts, SoundCloud, uh, Podbean, so- uh, where, did I say SoundCloud? Podcast, podcast, podcast. <laughs> yeah, podcast the mania. Whatever. <laughs> We're going to make a podcast app and put it on there so that we could be the number one podcast on that podcast app because we'll be the only podcast yeah. on that podcast app. I said podcast way too many times. But anyway, we had Ming Chen came back. We talked about chapter 11 of The Mandalorian. We had a blast with him. So you're not going to get our full takes on that episode of The Mandalorian because we spent an hour plus on it with Ming Chen. So go check out The Mando Fan Show. And of course, you got to get your uh, Mando code, right? So uh, go check out that episode. And then uh, um, you're here now with us, though. And this is TRB. What's the prize right now? I mean, what isn't the prize right now? That's the, that's the crazy thing. <laughs> what we is have, the prize for the Mando code? Well, we have the, the Jewelry Brands box, uh, courtesy of our friends at JewelryBrands.shop, which comes with the medallion, the Emperor uh, Empire medallion for the client. Mm-hmm the Baby Yoda skull necklace, uh, and then also the um, Brick of Beskar, and also the supersized The Child uh, Funko, uh, which uh, is is headed your way. But we also have more stuff we're going to be adding as the weeks go on. Uh, but make sure you get your Mando code. And more importantly, just check out the show because the Mando Fan Show has been such a good time. And if you ever do get a chance, check us out live uh, because we're going to be continuing it this Friday at 8.30 East. We'll be talking about Chapter 12 and our guest uh, will be joined by Katrina Dennis, who is a writer, producer, podcaster, uh, probably known for working on Looking for Leia on Sci-Fi. So uh, we're excited to have Katrina on the show to talk about Chapter 12. I can't believe we're already there. So it's going to be halfway through Season 2. Yeah. Wow. So chapter yeah. 12 of The Mandalorian. So 8.30 East, Friday, live, The Mando Fan Show. But again, uh, James and Lacey, we're here doing some TRB stuff, which is talking about all of Star Wars uh, and giving our takes on the news. We're not delivering you the news, we're giving the takes on the news. So uh, before we do that, what, what's going on with you guys? How you doing? I'm doing good. Um, actually, it's kind of funny that uh, we're, we're going to talk later about it, but the From a Certain Point of View came out and they they sent it to me like later uh they sent it to me early but but still later so it's an 18 hour audiobook and i just 18 hours later (laughs) yeah i'm trying to balance uh like normal podcast stuff with work with regular life to to try to get through that thing so that we could eventually do a book discussions um but uh but yeah um i don't know i've been i've been doing that and then every once in a while um actually i i started watching a new tv show so i've been trying to now nice. I'm sucked into that, so I feel like there's another thing what on my show? plate. The boys. Oh, I got. I started like part of uh, the first episode. I got to get into that. Yeah. We got. Yeah, we think... got mocked a little bit for not watching it in a re- uh, recent episode. I'm sorry. I got to get to it. It's just on my list. <laughs> yeah, I feel in like any time. We we get jokingly mocked a lot in the comments or on Twitter and stuff. But oh I'm, yeah, not serious. Yeah. Yeah, and most of the time it's non Star Wars stuff. You're like, mm-hmm. you you like pastrami? Like what? Mm-hmm. <laughs> John doesn't like ham on his Hawaiian pizza. I I don't like ham on pizza. No. And what makes it Hawaiian pizza is the ham. Pineapple's not 
the enemy here, folks. There's bacon. Sometimes there's <laughs> bacon in pineapple. I've had, well, I've had, I've, I've said this on the podcast. I never had pineapple on a burger before until my honeymoon, and I had it on a Kobe beef burger, and it was one of the best burgers I ever had in my life. So I'm not anti pineapple yeah. on on stuff. Uh, I know, I know. Red Robin has like a Hawaiian burger. Oh, with a slice of pineapple, and that's why. Yeah, yeah. yeah see, I think so. Yeah. I think so at least I think it's Red Robin. Yeah. Speaking um, of things we like, John, do you like coffee? Oh, I don't know. Do I? <laughs> <laughs> Matthew Perry. <laughs> <laughs> Guys, so Actually, that's da- I'm David really. Schwimmer, I think is the. I'm really excited to talk about this. It's something that we've been working on, kind of behind the scenes for. A while now i feel like several weeks at least um we have a coffee now <laughs> yes well the, uh uh <laughs> there it is <laughs> it's called the resistance brew and we've teamed up with local coffee brewer weird brothers coffee in virginia uh to collaborate and make something really fun and really cool and john and i drink a lot of coffee i know i do like two three cups oh, a day yeah. yeah uh so it's just been a really fun experience of like picking our blend and making the label and like all this stuff but we're excited to say it's now on sale on their website that's right weirdbrothers.com in their store weird brothers coffee you can buy the resistance brew so now every monday and thursday you're not just waking up with us via podcast you can wake up with us with a cup of coffee. Hello, <clears throat> allow me for a second. <clears throat> don't, d- don't best do this. Part of waking <laughs> up is TRB in your cup. Boom. And we're gonna get sued. <laughs> um, anyway, I thought you were gonna do Billy Joel's for the longest time. I- I'm not joking. <laughs> I no, really I knew did. exactly what you were doing. <laughs> I didn't but know guys, what it's guys. it's just something really cool that we decided to team up with them. Uh, they have tons of other different kind of geeky themed coffees, so it just seemed like the perfect fit. And yeah. it's a great timing of the year. We all need a little pick me up now and then via coffee and caffeine, but also because it's the holiday season, you can shop small. Small creator, small business, mm-hmm. and support the podcast at the same time. So there's that. Yeah. And Enjoy. it's an easy gift or, or even stocking stuff or, you know, if like a holiday gift for somebody else who, you know, likes coffee. It'd be like, yeah. hey, it's a little Star Wars. It's a little coffee. Enjoy this. And just in the back of your head, knowing that you're also helping Resistance Broadcast and this, uh, this local business as well. Yeah. And it's, you know, we'll tweet out the link and we'll attach it to the episodes and stuff like that. Um, but you know, you can like Lacey said, go to their site, weirdbrothers.com and you can just search resistance brew and pop right there. You'll be able to find it. And what's cool about it too, it is our, you know, it says resistance broadcast on it, it has our logo on it. But if you look at the design, which we kind of put together, the three of us came up with, um, the idea for it, it just screams star Wars. It's not just has our podcast. You could look at it and be like, this is a star Wars coffee. Um, yeah. Uh, within legal uh, limits, of course. Uh, but yeah, so we're, we're, it has the orange and black, which is very resistant, and we just love it. And uh, it's just it's just one of those cool things. So if you want to, if you're a coffee drinker and you want to, like they said, support the local business down there, Weird Brothers, uh, do it and um, have some TRB, the Resistance Brew. Yeah, I tried like sixty coffees to make this blend. Please enjoy it. 
Lacey was <laughs> clawed into her ceiling like, that's the one! That's the one I was, we're going I with. was up for four days. <laughs> <laughs> um, which is funny because uh, you've been staying up to watch Mando. So that's good. Now you, I don't sleep anymore. What is sleep? It doesn't exist. You could drink your resistance brew to help you stay up to watch The Mandalorian. It's a I'm drinking thing. it right now. There you go. Um, all right. Very nice. So I know everyone wants to like, get on. Let, I want the takes. I want the takes on the Star Wars stuff, guys. So James, what's cooking in the old resistance report? It's the resistance. Well, John, hot off the presses, Anthony Daniels is doing interviews right now to promote uh, his role as C-3PO in the upcoming Lego Holiday or Lego Star Wars Holiday Special, right? So that's going around, and he did some interviews with um, with anybody lucky enough, you know, to be a part of it, and uh, we made the cut, right? John, John made the cut. John Whoa. made the cut. Star Wars <laughs> Newsnet own John Hoey wow. was able Who to be on that? this interview wow. uh, and got to talk to Anthony Daniels, <laughs> got to ask him some questions. Um, and we'll get into that in a second. But also beyond that, too, he uh, he said some really cool stuff about playing C-3PO in the future, answering other people who were involved in the, the um, uh, interviews, questions and stuff. So, John, John, tell us a little bit about how this went down. What was it like? And uh, what were your questions? What, what's the takeaway here? So, yeah, Star Wars Newsnet was invited to attend this virtual press conference for the Star Wars, uh, the Lego Star Wars holiday special. And how it kind of worked is anyone who was involved got to go to this sort of Zoom meeting um, with Anthony Daniels. And um, it's funny because there was like this green room area and a bunch of people were talking who knew each other. And I was just kind of sitting and observing and um, trying to stay cool and calm and that sort of thing. Cause I really wasn't sure how it was going to go. They didn't really tell us until it was go time. I wasn't sure if we were going to get any one-on-ones or if we were going to get to ask anything at all. I had stuff prepared. So then he just pops. They're like, all right, we're ready to go. And all of a sudden he pops. you know, when you, you, you're talking to someone on a zoom call and they pop up in the little window and you're like, Oh, what's <laughs> going on there, Eric? <laughs> Except this time it's Anthony Daniels. Like, <laughs> <laughs> so they make everybody, the rest of us have to go, um, black and we mute. And um, each time someone's question comes up, you unmute and ask your question. So they just wanted him on the video, which makes perfect sense. We were all, everyone followed directions. It was good. Um, and then they were like, all right, now, if you want to ask a question, hit the raise your hand icon. And I was like, bing, as soon as I could. And thankfully I did, because he only got through about 12 questions and there were 50 people on the call. Uh, so we were able to get one of our questions on there. And I asked him, you know, I like the legacy and, and the preservation of George Lucas's um you know, how he envisioned Star Wars and hoping mm-hmm. that sticks around. So I asked him with the new Lego Star Wars holiday special, as you probably know, as long as you keep Mark Hamill and Harrison Ford at bay, you're the longest tenured Star Wars actor in history. And he had his, his head down the whole time. He was jotting something down from the previous question. And as soon as I said this following sentence, he perked up and looked right at the camera. So I said, I just want you to know, I, I just want to know what sense of responsibility do you feel in helping the franchise stay true to George Lucas's roots and vision the further we go from where it started? And he like really dialed in to that, uh, which immediately made me feel like, all right, I didn't ask a stupid question. <laughs> um, and he said that was a really, good, really, really good question. And he does feel a very, very serious sense of responsibility as C-3PO. Like, it's not just a role for him. He really feels protective over C-3PO. He hopes that C-3PO is treated well. 
um, he alluded to the fact that he feels the need to preserve who C-3PO is, which was the first voice in Star Wars and how his personality mm-hmm. is and how he helped drive the story. And he said, like, sometimes producers and writers uh, go off the path on who C-3PO is. And I have to tell them, like, I don't think that's what he would do. I don't. That doesn't seem like C-3PO to me. And he even alluded to saying, like, if, if people are a certain way, I don't work with them. So um, I don't know, something about he, he is really protective over George Lucas's Star Wars and his vision for Star Wars. And he said that's a big part of the reason why he's sticking around. He said, yes, of course, I do love being employed and being paid. I'm not going to lie about that. But I do feel this certain responsibility to preserving who C-3PO is and and what Star Wars is and that sort of thing. And that I I just absolutely love the answer because he could have went off on his, you know, uh, I'm a super icon and his little bit that he does that he's the, you know, move out of the way icon coming through thing. But he really (laughs) got serious for a moment and reflective and I absolutely adored that. And then obviously he got into other stuff here um, about, joke, you know, obviously he, who wouldn't want to be in Mando. So we said, like, tell the producers, mm-hmm. tell them I, I'll be in Mandalorian, you know. And then he did say, you know, there's more C-3PO coming. Uh, this isn't, you know, this holiday special was fun, but this isn't my last uh, rodeo here. And he said it's not it's nothing big in terms of a theatrical movie plan, but there's there's certainly more stuff coming. But my lips are sealed. So that's interesting. And I wonder just speculation wise could we see c-3po pop up in the casting andor series we know he lives in england they're filming in england um wouldn't take much and the timeline's there for him to be there he should he was in rogue one on yevon four it wouldn't take much to get him over there uh and and do maybe a couple scenes or something uh and who wouldn't want that you know fan service or nostalgia aside i think that'd be a wonderful thing I definitely know they like sticking C-3PO and R2-D2 into stuff often that, you know, like there's no other characters that they should be around. They just like, I don't know, I guess like Leia or somebody like sends them on a mission or does something because they were in Rebels for, you know, a couple times and it's like there's no reason that they have to be on the ship with all the Rebels characters yeah. right now. They just want to have C-3PO and R2-D2 here. And um, I have to quickly thank um, Disney is so good in terms of taking care of media and fan media and that sort of thing how they handled it was very professional very organized and um i really have to thank val uh star wars newsnet um because he is very selfless and you know gave me the opportunity to do it and the other things i've been able to do so i mean val is honestly he's he's he doesn't like the spotlight he doesn't like being uh, his name out there a lot and he's the most selfless person and I just uh, have to blow up your spot there, Val, and just say thank you so much for, for everything you do for fan media and, and fan content creation and stuff like that. Uh, it's insane that I can say I talked I talk to, even though it was only for a few minutes, talk to Anthony Daniels. Insane to me. I can die. From yeah. your house. From my home. Yes, from right here in this chair. In this chair. I talked to I, uh, It's funny. I'm talking to Anthony Daniels hoping my dog isn't barking in the background. <laughs> it's just it's crazy it's just crazy so so Lacey let me ask you did you uh did you like any of these comments about like what what he had to say specifically to John's question or do you think he'll show up in the Mandalorian anything else so before I do that I just want to say that like I'm so happy John got to do this I always geek <laughs> out when you guys get to do cool stuff like last year James you were on that ABC like commercial during whatever oh, award show yes. that was like the f- biggest well, fan yeah, it was it was funny because John's sitting there describing like the room and he's kind of like observing the people around and he's just trying to be mm-hmm. like, am I, am I supposed to be here? You know, mm-hmm. it kind of has that feeling. That's how I felt 
both times at the global press conference because because you're there like in person and you're like there's people doing things but i don't know what i'm supposed to be doing you're not supposed to be doing anything you're just supposed to be walking around but it's it feels more official than just like celebration it feels like celebration is like in one small room Mm -hmm. and there's only like 50 people in there and they're all like reporters and stuff you're like okay this is weird but it's very cool yeah I didn't want to like be lame or anything, but it's just super cool, especially because John is one of the people that's been like C three PO flag for all three of the movies. It feels like yeah, so true. it was the perfect fit. Plus, C three PO was hands down one of the best characters in the Rise of Skywalker. Yeah, like there's a lot of problems I have with that movie, but he's not one of them. I love everything he did in that movie. I love the role he got for that movie. It was it was perfect for him, and it was very exciting to see him get this role that he plays as part of the story, and he gets all these lines and funny quips and stuff um other than that i mean i'm kind of on the same thread that john's on that it would probably be cassian i don't see him showing up in mandalorian uh yeah plus i feel like they got they got a full plate right now like they're the way the mandalorian is going since we're going towards thanksgiving right now it feels like when you go to the table and you don't want to make two trips so you're just loading up your plate so you don't have to make two trips like that's what they're doing Mm -hmm. with characters right now with the Mandalorian. <laughs> yeah. It's just, <laughs> it's a lot. But um, overall, I'm really excited to see the Lego Star Wars movie. I know I was one of the first people that was like, I don't know how I feel about this. Uh, I really like it. I think it's super funny. It's something that I personally need right now. It's something that's just like a fun watch. And I find myself watching like stupid stuff that makes no sense that will just make me laugh and smile. And this falls right into that. Like, it's not serious. It's just to have a good time. And to just feel like a kid again for whatever, an hour and a half, 90 minutes, whatever it is. And I, it makes me so happy that he's willing to do these things because he could easily just be like, nah, I'm done. But the fact that it is, like John said, it's so a part of who he is and his career and he has such a uh, ownership of it in the sense of like, I have to keep bringing this character back. Uh, it, it makes me happy as a fan because you see a lot of actors that don't want to bother with it. But yeah. uh, Anthony Daniels is definitely a hype man for Star Wars. And it comes out tomorrow. Our review of the special should be out right now on Star Wars Newsnet. Did you do the review? Yeah. Oh, nice. Yeah. So it should be out right now as this airs. Um, and then... Um, it, it can't it, no spoilers because it's before it comes out in the review but if you want to get an idea of what you know what i thought about or whatever uh, but it comes out on uh the tomorrow which is the anniversary of the original holiday special which, super fun which if you if you read anthony daniel's book on page like 90 he he calls the original holiday, holiday special uh acting inside of a turd <laughs> He does not hold back in terms of what his thought. Like he didn't like it then, and he still uh, has no problem talking about how ridiculous it was. We might have to do a reaction show to uh, the holiday Lego holiday special. Oh, that'd be fun. Yeah. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Definitely. I mean, one of the things he said in there was that he was going to continue to do C three PS stories, and I think we all know that generally means you know he's going to be. Uh, lending his voice to a lot of things, especially uh, there's a lot of VR projects and stuff. And having C-3PO as like a character who kind of walks you through something is is pretty standard in that type of mm-hmm. stuff. Um, so yeah, I think he's going to be around for a long time, but I really, I, I'd never really considered it. But, um, you know, we always talk about the uh, 
the Bail Organas and the and stuff like that <laughs> that are showing up in some of these shows. That even even Kenobi, like uh, probably not Kenobi because it's Tatooine, but theoretically, you know, like uh, on another planet, if if he leaves, he can meet up with these droids or whatever. To I don't know. It's just interesting to think about. Um, but I think you're right. Probably Cassian makes the most sense, and uh, it even makes sense on the the um, filming level. So, mm-hmm. yeah, excited to have uh, Anthony Daniels still around wouldn't, to continue this character. Wouldn't it be cool to maybe even just for a scene see what C3PO thinks of like K2SO or vice versa? Oh my gosh, them interacting would be so funny. That'd be pretty interesting. <laughs> yeah, I mean they surely have k2 I mean? probably when you think him. about yeah we haven't seen it but i'm saying yeah because they were on he was on yavin for with r2 yeah 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 um and the fact that he's like a a, a known imperial droid yeah and then like c3b yeah i liked cool that little about. shot in rogue one i know some people had problems with it i liked it oh c3b I thought, on r2 yeah. Yeah. yeah i feel like some people there for the fans it. yeah I it doesn't it. serve the story and in fact, it often messed up the story in ways. <laughs> well, Rogue One was because people were like, "Well, if the droids are there and the ship's already taking off, how did they mm-hmm. get aboard the Tantive IV?" Rogue and it was One confusing was a and massive fan service movie, so I mean, it makes sense for that to be the case. I loved it. Not as much as Solo. This guy. How about this guy? Oh man. Well, you're coming after my movie. I'll come after <laughs> yours. <laughs> <laughs> all right guys the mandalorian season three uh is about to start production right so we know they've already been working on it but if you look at all the tea leaves man i mean especially Favreau just came out and said it in in a, a recent interview having to do with the release of the mandalorian season two um they're getting ready to start filming like right right around and um here's here's the interesting thing though that as we're looking at that um, there's all these new rumors about the about a Boba Fett miniseries, and there's a bunch of stuff going on as far as like people, not only people saying like it's happening, but other people saying like no, it's listed, it's in production. Um, you know, here's the schedules, here's the studios, and everything like that. John, John, why don't you give us a little bit of rundown on this one because it's pretty pretty heavy as far as like how much goes into this and i know you're kind of our go-to like well the scheduling for blank was to pr- start production on blank. this is going to be a john goes first episode and i Lacey think reacts. so <laughs> yeah Lacey, i think both of us because it, it's so the all these stories are very like schedule intricate yeah. yeah yeah i was actually just going to try to cheat because i thought you were going to go to Lacey first on this one but mm. not nah, dog all you because i think a story just came out um, I got to try to isolate it because I don't know that we have it on Star Wars News yet. Where someone's saying it was another one of those international Star Wars Disney Plus accounts saying that the Mandalorian season three is coming next <laughs> Imagine year. Imagine Disney Plus is like, what are you guys so, doing? They're like, so I did see that. Season three is coming in fall 2021. <laughs> yeah, it said, did you see the clip then? I didn't. The so clip? yeah, maybe you could shed okay. light on that. Yeah. It's it's pretty straightforward. It's it's a clip celebrating all things Disney uh, Plus, and it's highlighting. It goes through a section where it highlights a bunch of the shows that you can get if you sign up, or they're coming mm-hmm. uh, upcoming projects and stuff. So like Wandavision's in there and stuff like that. And one of the things that they they mention when they when they throw it up on the screen, it says Mandalorian uh, series or season right one two and three. It says one two and three. Um, now, the other interesting thing that the article pointed out about that uh, particular clip was that no other Star Wars content was promoted in this 
thing. So, that so means there wasn't they're like anything from that. Last Jedi yeah. or Rise of Skywalker or anything like that. So it was very heavy forward on uh, the Disney Plus original content um, for uh, for at least Star Wars, um, and and it said season three in, in the thing. So I don't know. It's just kind of interesting. It does make sense though, because I mean, if you Wandavision obviously isn't out yet, so we can't really speak about that at all. But right now, but that's it, dropping soon. I know it's dropping in like January, January which people are yeah. like, oh, why January? I'm like, because they want you in the new year. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> Disney lost 40 percent of its revenue. Right. Uh, yeah. So with their big focus on streaming, it makes it's no surprise that they're pushing uh, the Mandalorian season three so that people stick around so that people are like, eh, I could pay for another year because they do do the re-up yearly. So it's like, mm-hmm. oh, I'll just stick around I'm for another remember. year. Who, who on this podcast said it was going to come out next fall? Me? Did you? I mean, did 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 we? I think we all did. did. No, yeah. You said you thought Cassian was going to come out, and they were going to push Mando to the beginning of 2022. Oh. John loves that hmm. called it culture. He's just all about it. Oh, get the heck out of here. <laughs> yeah. We all do it to each other on here. It's not serious. I'm just kidding. I got, yes, Boba, I got Dave Boba Filoni Fett, right. <laughs> yeah, so, so the Boba Fett thing... I still don't know if I believe this because um, there seems to be a lot of potential confusion about what's going on where people could be getting mixed messages. It's possible that they could be filming Mandalorian season three on this schedule and Boba Fett's involved in it because mm. um, that whole working title, the Buccaneer is being tossed around, which people uh, months back attributed it to Mandalorian season three as the working title for Mandalorian mm-hmm. Season 3 was the Buccaneer. And now that working title is getting slapped onto this Boba Fett thing. And the other thing I find weird is how would this, of all things, slip through the cracks to the point where they're ready to start shooting this thing? We wouldn't have heard about writers, uh, Tamir Morrison doing his own Boba Fett show, directors, any... Like, with the way, you know, whispers and ear-to-the-ground stuff, you know, you hear nothing on this, and now they're ready to shoot it? Like I, we've heard rumors on things that are being developed and discussed and maybe early art stages or something. We're talking about a show that's so fully realized that they're about to start filming and no one heard a thing about it. That makes me wonder if uh, on the validity of it. Now, I'm not trying to say deadlines wrong or anything. I'm just approaching this like I do the rumor and theory review where I'm just trying to tackle it logically. I don't know how you guys feel about it, but it doesn't make a lot of sense to me in terms of I can see them making a Boba Fett series and a limited series. All of that, I think, is makes sense to do it, uh, especially a limited series. But that it exists now and it's ready to shoot, I'm really having a hard time wrapping my head around it, logically. So, John, hear me out. They said that, you know, there's rumors that this name Buccaneer is tied to Mandalorian and then it's tied to Boba Fett. But a Buccaneer is like a pirate. Yeah. So... The definition of buccaneer is a daring, adventurous, sometimes reckless person, especially in business. L- Lacey's, Lacey's uh, in speech class 101. She's like, Webster's defines, <laughs> defines. buccaneer. So <laughs> hear me out. So if, no one, if no one knows what this, this series is and no one's come out and said that's what it is, because you have to remember Mandalorian season one was Huckleberry. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Do you remember what Lando Calrissian says to Han Solo in Return of the Jedi? Is it something Buccaneer? Uh, I mean, he says a lot of things. <laughs> when he gives him when he gives him the Millennium Falcon, 
And, and he says, would you get out of here, you old pirate? He goes, get out of here, you old pirate. All I'm saying is when you said Buccaneer, that's the first thing that went to my head because it doesn't explain Boba Fett at all. It's, you heard, it's, uh, we're having fun now, but yeah. But what if it is? Well, then Ron so, Howard's full of, you know Because what? Huckleberry makes sense. Huckleberry, Huckleberry? Finn type thing. Yeah. For yeah. Mandalorian. So, yeah. Poor, poor speculation here because I'm just. I'm oh, I thought you were saying me. Weird. I was like, actually, no, the no, definition no. of Buccaneer, James. The definition is, of speculation so, is. <laughs> so I, I don't know. Do, do you guys think it's any bit possible that it's just like something special? Like, um, like. Like it's it's its own thing. It's not part of the Mandalorian, but it will be a one hour thing about how he got out of the Sarlacc pit. And there's limited like actors that are even involved. They're probably using Mandalorian assets to shoot it. Um, but it's just like it's a it's a Disney Plus original called Boba Fett or something like that. And it's just like this one off thing for just something real quick that they are pulling in. I got I solo on the brain now. I'm like super excited that it. <laughs> I, d- I don't think it's that. I, you know, be just because Ron Howard made it pretty clear and he would know. And I don't think he would lie. Um, I, I, I don't know. I want to, I want to f- I, I see. Buccaneer uh, doesn't fit Mandalorian. He's not a pirate. Yeah, but a lot of these working titles really mean nothing. That's not true. They usually pick words that have something to do with the either the director and or what the situation like of space the actor. It's also hard to speculate right now on Mandalorian season three as we're like, you know, yeah, still we're not working even our way it yet. I'm just saying it two. doesn't fit as a Boba Fett series name. Like I wouldn't call him a pirate. Yeah. Yeah, I, I wouldn't either. No. Let me, especially when in yeah. Star Wars, it's not like. We're not talking like yo ho ho matey like pirate, <laughs> but they definitely yeah. have pirates in Star Wars. That's a thing. That's a type of sure. character. Sure. And bounty hunter is not pirate. Right. So. It's not because you're not stealing stuff. You're hunting people down. That's All why right. I'm kind of like, mm. sorry. Everyone at home is like, we did it. And I'm like, no, no, hold on. No. <laughs> um, <laughs> is there anything we want to get? Uh, say more about this or do we want to move on because we got a lot of we got a lot of stuff to get through i don't think there's yeah. much to say except hey it's in production it makes sense it's in production john favreau's been pretty open about it season three yes yes and not this boba fett rumored miniseries or i whatever. don't think that's in production yet they, they're still yeah. working on cassian and kenobi like let's it just yeah. it just made sense i always i never thought that they would shift mando especially now it has the general audience that isn't diehard Star Wars fans and they're going to be very confused when next fall rolls around and they don't see that Star Wars show they happen to like. So I think Disney likes consistency, especially in a time where they're losing money. They're like bleeding out. You have a consistent property. You don't don't mess with that. So yeah, it just made all the sense in the world. We need more money. (laughs) Yeah, for sure. Lacey, what was that that you sent earlier? What do you mean? Oh, uh, the someone online saying that they were going to lose like two point something billion. So that was from the Disney call. They've lost uh, two point four billion dollars from parks alone in this past quarter, which is about forty percent of their revenue. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So if the parks are forty percent of the revenue, um, they've lost two point four billion in this fourth quarter. And then they also said in there that they have seventy two million subscribers to Disney Plus. And I did. I I did very rough math um because i was like 
I don't know what the average subscription is. I know it's it's what a five ninety nine or six ninety nine or something like I that. I think it's but I know seventy a, bucks a year or something. I know a lot of people, yeah, got in with with like a cheaper price or whatever. So I just said five bucks, whatever. I just kind of threw it at sure. five, and that was three hundred and twenty five million dollars a month that they're making from Disney Plus. So in a quarter, three hundred and twenty five is another billion that they're making back this year that they didn't have last year. So that doesn't that doesn't make up for the losses, but they're going to focus that though because if they've lost two billion, they're making they made a billion this year. Well, they're, they're also there's losses in marketing and production and all that right. Other stuff too, so and it's I, not totally, but the thing to remember too is with all the COVID and pandemic stuff, people aren't traveling and they're probably not going to travel for another year or so to back to what we used to be like. Um, so they need to make up that money, and that's why you've seen the shift to, to Disney Plus and streaming, especially. Yeah. That's what they said. So well, it Bob too said they're right. they're focusing on second Bob, consumer. not first Bob, guys. Second Bob. Yeah, Bob too. Yeah, Bob too. Uh, the, so it's not surprising that there is another rumored series in the works because they're probably like all steams ahead. Like, let's go. Now we'll see. We will see. Um, Speaking of things we will not see, uh, <laughs> one of George Lucas's plans apparently. You, you look, I don't even have to read this one. You guys all saw it. You guys all have Instagram and Twitter accounts. You saw it, right? Uh, you read IGN. I, I don't even know if they covered this, but they covered this. Um, one of George Lucas's plans at some point involved uh, Darth Maul being the main bad, kind of taking that Sidious uh, spot. And having another um, Darth under him named Darth Talon, which was, you know, created in, in legend stories or whatever. But George Lucas liked the character and was going to bring him in. And um, they, they were going to do this this thing. And Darth Maul was going to be the main villain of the sequel trilogy at, at one point. And we're going to get to that stuff, too. Um, also, the tie in, too, with Leia being the chosen one and other things like this. This my two cents on this just real quick. We all know, we all know George Lucas, he has thousands of ideas, right? He has notebooks. Um, yeah, they're, they're always, he was always flying around with stuff. I'm sure there were things that he was like, this could be really cool. This is one avenue I, I'm thinking about taking. But um, he definitely did not give this version to to Disney. This was not his like, hey, I'm selling it, but here are my ideas. Go forth with them. Mm -hmm. um, this was stuff that he just worked out somewhere in between, probably when he was working on Clone Wars. He's like, if I ever did a sequel trilogy, I like Darth Maul. I brought him back. Maybe this could lead to something. I don't know exactly when it was, but he had this story. Lacey, what, what are your thoughts on um, what could have happened or, or what is happening now with this Darth Maul, Darth Talon thing? So it's really tough with these kinds of things. I think it was tough with Duel of the Fates with Colin Trevorrow. This kind of stuff is tough because I think that fans that are unhappy with what they got are going to latch on to what they didn't get and just give excuses and or reasoning of why this was a better choice. Um, I don't think that's fair to creators to do that because, I mean... You could do that for anything. It could be a story. Mm -hmm. It could be a movie. It could be a podcast. People could come back and be like, Lacey should have said this last week and she would have been so much better. <laughs> like, you know what I mean? It's just like a crazy what if trail of thinking. But for the for the sake of having fun with it, 
I love Darth Maul. I think a lot of us really do. And I think that this would have been a cool avenue to take uh, because one of my biggest issues with the sequel trilogy is the bad guy uh, of Snoke and then not Snoke and then Palpatine. Like, I didn't really like that. So I could see this as being like very straightforward. Like, yeah, this is a good bad guy. But it's hard to say what it could have been because it's, again, not my story to tell. But it, it is cool. And, I, and I'd like to see this story explored in another way, maybe. Well, he's dead. <laughs> well, he's dead, but I mean, like, maybe earlier on, or I don't know. Yeah, I mean, absolutely. So so we do know that Darth Maul, um, per George Lucas, was kind of revived, brought back to life. He mm-hmm. was led into this criminal uh, underworld and sure. kind of set up this whole gangster thing. That was all George Lucas as well. Um, on top of that, too, John, this is where I'll pass it off to you. Um we got Darth Maul in Solo being kind of the main big bad guy here, and we know Solo has very close ties with George Lucas's ideas as well. So, you want to take away from here? Yeah, I mean that you bring up an interesting point because there are there's always um, things tethered to one another, and you could follow the rope and, and lead to George Lucas in a way where it's like, okay, so you have. Larry Kazan and he's writing solo and he agreed to come back and do the force awakens. If he can do the solo movie, that's well documented. He also co-wrote the force awakens with JJ Abrams based off of the original script that Michael Arndt submitted and he was jettisoned and they kind of redid it, but kept some elements and Michael Arndt is the one who worked with George Lucas based on the treatments he sent. And he, they took things based on what Kathleen Kennedy liked and, and, and got rid of stuff they didn't like, which was like the Metachlorian stuff. Um, and the science of the force and the wills and that stuff. They wanted to focus more on the traditional Star Wars type of storytelling. So having Maul pop up in Solo is interesting because of that connection. Maybe they were like, remember, George, when you had that idea to have him come up here? What if he came up here? Like those discussions very well could have taken place because we know Star Wars likes to take ideas and say that doesn't work here. Let's just pop this over here for now. We'll revisit it. Um, we see that with creatures. We see that with visual effects. We see that with character names, Kira. Uh, we see that with stories and uh, even popular characters uh, too. So that's very possible. Um, with that all said, I don't like this idea. Um, I, I thought it, it, I think it would have been so weird if, um, just from the movie standpoint, l- let's pretend all your your movie going Star Wars fans, um, not us crazy diehards, but you know, my parents, my brother, friends, that sort of thing, don't realize the Clone Wars and, and Rebels are a, a thing even or, or a big part of the lore. And you watch the saga and you go, there's episode one. Oh, man, that guy died. Oh, he was cool. All right, moving on. Episode two, episode three, original trilogy. Palpatine, Palpatine, blah, blah, blah. Episode seven, they're like, guess who's back? Remember that guy who got cut in half in that first movie? He's the real big bad villain now. People be like, oh, that is a massive shoehorn. So I think they probably looked at it from that perspective of the general audience and said, they kind of did that with Solo, though. We don't. Yeah, but that's off of the off of the beaten path of the saga. I think Mm. that's a a different type of thing. And they could do more with that with the crime stuff, which I hope they do. Makes all two happen. Um, but we know, like, even in our interview with J.W. Rensler, our most, our, the most recent one we had this past spring, was it? I, I, time doesn't mm-hmm. matter anymore. Where I asked him, if you had George Lucas 
from each decade sitting at a round table, would they argue with each other? And he said, 100%. Because George Lucas keeps changing his mind about things. And that, that, that's not a bad thing. But I'm not saying he's a liar. But like George Lucas has said, it was always three movies. It was always six movies. Oh, I had this idea for 12 movies. Well, nine movies was really my thing. And, and you know, we know the stories um, based from his own mouth on what he turned into the uh, Disney for his treatments involved Darth Vader's grandchildren. One of them turned to the dark side. That was going to be your villain. Uh, and the other one was to the light, kind of like what the, the Legends thing. And that Luke, uh, Luke Skywalker exiled himself as an older person. The concept arts were there. He looked like an older person. This story here takes place a few years after... Return of the Jedi. So, one, it's way off of what he actually submitted. Two, it would be impossible to actually produce because are they going to de-age all three of those old actors to make them uh, look younger? No. Are they going to recast them? Hell no. So, uh, there's something about this, and I'm not trying to discredit the guy who wrote the archives book. He talked to George Lucas. He said he did, and that's cool. But George Lucas always has different things going on in his head about different periods of his time and making these stories. So I think all this does is what Lacey said, which is people will latch onto it just because if they don't like what they got. It's like when you watch sports and you're like, no, 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 don't bunt. I can't believe you're going to bunt. And then the guy bunts a perfect base hit down the line. They're like, yeah, he did it. I'm so glad he just bunted. It's, it's just that that whole feeling. So I, I don't want to read too much into this. The archive book is like $5,000, so I'm probably not going to buy it. <laughs> uh, but... Uh, and I'm not discrediting that. I'm saying George Lucas actually did say this stuff, but it always in motion is the Lucas and he's always changing his story. And I think this was one of the earlier things based on George Lucas and, and what we got and the concepts and all that stuff. So, yeah, we definitely have a lot to get to. I wish we could talk a little bit more about this, uh, in particular, cause I actually, I actually like the idea. I, I agree with like the time frame is kind of weird, but also at the same time, I think like with with Legends, the expanded universe stuff, like Thrawn was like kind of the thing, right? And I think Thrawn, there was like this big opening of power right after the fall of the Empire. And I think like they were <clears throat> they were interested in exploring that idea. And that includes George Lucas. He's like, okay, well, after the Emperor's gone, like there's going to be a bunch of people who are fighting for the power. And it makes a lot of sense that this story that I've kind of written in my head about uh, Darth Maul would be able to use his criminal organization to fill that void rather quickly. Um, so, I, I mean, I, I like it and I, and I think it would have worked. Um, I know you said it was surprising to the thing, but I don't know that I think the sequel trilogy only is like Skywalker, big story centric because the sequel trilogy that we got made it that way. But episode seven didn't have to be very like, I don't know. It didn't have to be so like Luke Skywalker heavy or anything like that. So I think it could have steered away from the emperor. Fair. I don't know. But mm. um, yeah, we got, we got other stories. To talk yeah. About. We, um, we, like you said, you, you had pitched to do this as a discussion and you know, we had just talked about speculating on that. So I think we should revisit it. I agree with you. Yeah. I mean, we, we literally didn't even touch on Leia. Right, right. Supreme Chancellor. Yeah. So much, so much more to discuss in that. Um, just as you know, what what could have been. Um, but we do want to talk about what is coming. And and Leslie Headland is still working on her uh, Disney Plus series. She did an interview recently where she got to um, kind of, I guess you could say, open up about it 
uh, a little bit. Um, she obviously can't say much, but uh, she was sitting down with, um, I forget what this finan- uh man, Fantastic. Frankie. Fantastic Frankie. I'm sorry. Um, it's playing the video in my headphones. <laughs> I'm a little thrown. But uh, she got she got to sit down at, uh, with Leslie Headland and talk a little bit about the the possibility of the show. She had a lot of things that she wanted to say um, as far as uh, it being a female centric show. Uh, her views on what that means, um, how it doesn't necessarily mean that it's it's female forward. It just happens to be a female character in the front, and uh, that it's about um, everybody being involved in the story because it's just it is what it is. It's just a story. How it takes place in a pocket of the timeline and how it kind of does its own thing and uh, a little bit more um john you want to or i don't know Lacey. Let, let's no, get started with keep you. keep going cause... john go all right john why don't right. you, you want to go go ahead no i don't <laughs> are you sure yes all right um so yeah that you know this was going around and um a lot of the sites just um picked up on the one quote slash non-quote where she says um, I will say it's in a pocket of the universe and a pocket of the timeline that we don't know much about. That's all I can say, mm-hmm. which is like literally saying nothing. Um, yeah, it's I tried about to figure space out when, and there's a war. And I was like, no, nah, it <laughs> right. could be anything. She's like, it is, it exists. That's it. <laughs> uh, but, but then, you know, I, I watched a little further and one thing that was interesting uh, that I put in our version of the article was she said, for me, it's less about going through the Star Wars universe cinematically or artistically and instead combing through it geographically and going on a literal journey. Uh, when we were pitching the idea, I had my designer create that Indiana Jones map, like the dotted red line that they use with his travels. Uh, that This is our journey. This is where we are going. So I found that interesting that she's taking that, like that was her approach to pitch it. And they were like, whatever she did in that pitch, they're like, yeah, you got yourself a Star Wars series. So who knows what she did in that pitch with that her designer. Maybe it was aesthetically that it reminded them of Indiana Jones. And they thought it was clever. And they're like, that's great. One thing which I think is funny is a lot of people said, oh, it's got to be in Dr. Afro series because Indiana mm-hmm. Jones and traveling and all that stuff. And I'm like, no, there's no way they're doing an Afro series. And they had said multiple times, this is going to be characters we never met. Uh, if you pay attention to her early, early interviews. So I, I, I don't I still don't buy that she's doing a Dr. Afro series. Um, but I, I don't blame people for coming up with that. I don't. But I don't no, I, no, no, no. Not That's not me yeah. blaming anybody. Let's be clear here. I don't want to get yeah. right through the coals for, for just saying what I think. Um but I, I do find it interesting that this sounds more of like her pitch was less plot and more um, uh, location based, which, you know, is interesting because I did watch Russian Doll. I liked Russian Doll. I, I don't know that I'm I still don't know if I'm a fan of her doing Star Wars or not yet um, until I see it or see something about it or learn something about it. But the idea that she seems to not be story focused or plot focused on this, I find interesting. Uh, in her pitch. So whatever she pitched had nothing to do with a story or plot. It had more to do with these locations and maybe characters. Um, and I think sometimes characters over plot is a better product. Uh, so I don't know. It, I, I got to hear more. Uh, I'm still skeptical, but interesting. Yeah. I, I mean, it, definitely what she is, is she's painting a little bit is kind of a fun idea as far as like, 
the location thing because it makes you think like, well, is this a heist thing where it's like we got or like actually I should say like um, Smokey and the Bandit, like we've got 24 hours to get from here to here, you know, or something like that. And it's like a location based and she can pitch like all the different worlds that we're going to see. And well, she's she's got like, the volume people are going to love this. She's like, all right, let's yeah, go yeah. here and we're yeah. going to go here and we're going to go. Here. Yeah. Lacey, did anything about this interview um, get you more excited for this? Well, it sounds like she's really doing her research, which I appreciate. You know, she's really focused on what seems like world building and character building and and fleshing out who these people are, which are completely new people, which excites Mm -hmm. me so much because when Disney bought Lucasfilm, I was like, yes, we're going to get new stories to tell. And, you know, a lot of the stuff, including The Mandalorian now, has fallen into this, let's bring back characters people know, let's get that name that people recognize. Um, so I'm really interested to see where her series goes and that she is completely saying it's brand new and it's at a time we've never looked at that, you know, it's nothing connected to nothing. So that makes me excited, um, which is why I was so excited with The Mandalorian last year is because it wasn't really connected to anything. Um, that being said, like I said before, the idea that she's fleshing out characters and world building and figuring that detail out first before going into what the story is is like john said like to me interesting because i think oftentimes people start with the story and then build out who the people are and where they're going based on what their plot is and it seems like she's going the other way um and then also it was really cool that she gave a shout out to star wars explained we love them too um that she's looking into fan content to see what people are talking about and doing her research and Um, I know I personally, a lot of times, if we have really crazy detailed discussions, I'll look up stuff on the internet and go to Wikipedia and stuff. So it's nice to know that our creators uh, of Star Wars properties and uh, TV shows, books, movies, etc. are taking the time to do their research because they're just as big as fans as as we are. And then in, in a way, she's becoming an expert at what she's doing because she's taking the time to look it all up. And maybe a better this, fan herself. Right. She had this really cool analogy where she said, I feel like Star Wars right now is like the 1400s Catholicism mm. because you have someone like Ryan Johnson playing Martin Luther going up and nailing like how it's supposed to be on the door of the church. And, and half the people are like, yes, he's right. That's how it's supposed to be. And the other half is like, absolutely not. I'm ruining it. Yeah. And she, uh, she tied the whole thing into feeling like uh, when she starts working on a Star Wars project, it's like she's been invited to join a religion. And it is, it's, it's deep and it moves people and it's very powerful and important to people. Um, so it's, it's one of those, like, I understand the importance and I understand. Um, she's not taking it uh, lightly. Yeah. I was just trying to think of the words like to tread lightly on this particular property because uh, it it means too much to too many people. And in this interview, the term like perfect job was thrown around a lot, too. So uh, it's pretty crazy. Um, Yeah. So um, if there's nothing else to add, I mean, we're we're really running against the what we like to do an hour. James, Uh, let's do. A two-hour podcast. Let's do it. <laughs> I don't know. Um, we had we had a couple other things that we uh, 
you know, just wanted to throw out there kind of quick little tidbits. Um, Carl Weathers uh, confirmed with ET Canada that he's going to be directing chapter 12 of The Mandalorian. So um, this Friday, Mandalorian kind of, yeah, Mandalorian uh, keeps wraps pretty closely. We don't really know until, uh, you know, like the day of <laughs> who's directing what and how people are involved in, especially this season. And uh, so it's nice to know a little ahead of time that uh, the the episode where Carl Weathers is directing is going to be this next one. So you might want to look out for somebody dying. I don't know. I wonder if he's in it. <laughs> well, yeah. also, um, I don't know if I've seen Carl Weathers, what he's directed before. So I, I, I mean, this will this will be interesting. Allow yeah. myself mm-hmm. to direct myself, myself. Yeah. oh very good um another thing we wanted to mention is that um the from a certain point of view the empire strikes back um 40th anniversary novel recently came out uh and it celebrated uh 40 years with 40 short stories from 40 different authors and had you know multiple uh people who were brought on board to read the stories uh, as well. So there was a lot of different voices and other things like that. So very celebratory thing. I know because we talked a little bit before the show, John has some pretty heavy thoughts that he wants to get out there on. He wants to call it a little bit because he said that the Obi-Wan story was, was bad writing and he has since now, uh, I don't know, listen to or or read the Obi-Wan short story. What are your thoughts, John? Get him well, out there. Yeah, so I listened to it. <laughs> um, Jonathan Davis from Corn uh, did the audiobook reading. Yeah. Um, no, not Jonathan Davis from Corn, but a guy, a gentleman named Jonathan Davis. Um, I thought if he did all the voices, and this is just from the audio standpoint, if he did all the voices, I thought his Yoda was amazing. I, I thought his Yoda is the best non-Frank Oz Yoda I've heard in a very long time. So if that was him who did that, amazing job. Excellent job. This is what we call a compliment sandwich. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Um, his his Obi-Wan Kenobi, though, sounded almost like uh, an evil character. I didn't like his tonation. Uh, his He had a very dark tone to his speaking. Um, when I heard that voice, I thought of more of Grand Moff Tarkin than I heard than I thought of Obi Wan Kenobi. So mm-hmm. that I, I don't know, but the story itself, um, I you know I'm not trying to be a hater. Um, I'm, the writer I'm sure is a fantastic writer. In a vacuum, it's well written. I just don't like how Obi Wan Kenobi is portrayed, and. You know, I, you know, I'm not trying to be nitpicky with, you know, canon and, you know, not my Obi-Wan and stuff. But if you're like I said before, if you're going to say that these stories are canon and you're going to take them that seriously and that you that to you, canon is very precious and preserved and you wiped all this other stuff out so that you can have this this official Star Wars storytelling canon. You had this whole team of people that are hired for this canon. You can't try to play light about it. Um, to, to, to have Obi-Wan Kenobi be this remorseful person. And it wasn't just that one snippet that we got to, to, at the beginning of its story. The whole thing just screams of regret from his whole life being trained with uh, Qui-Gon. I should have done this differently. Why did I listen to him? Why did, it, why did I do this? And then this kid comes along in the desert, this nine-year-old kid. So he's talking about Anakin and, and regretting that aspect of it. Just He seems to regret all aspects of everything we've seen Obi-Wan Kenobi do. So if that's canon, then now when we watch everything Obi-Wan Kenobi's been in, we have to keep it in our mind that he's regretting, he's retroactively regretting everything that we see him do as our Jedi hero, the goat, all that stuff. 
and yeah. I don't, I just don't like it. I, I'm sorry. I, I'm not trying to be a hater here. Just being honest, I don't like it. And if I had to throw this entire book out just for the sake of that story, I would apologize to the other 39 stories because it is not good. So, yeah, I'll, I'll jump in here, John, because the thing is, is that I was not a fan of the first from a certain point of view thing. I had my opinions about it and I wasn't looking forward to reading this one, but I did find that general on this time, I did enjoy this book a lot more than I did the first one. I found more of the stories fulfilling, even though still, I think my general view on it is most of the stories are kind of like, whatever, it doesn't really matter if you have fun with this. Sure. But you know, it's kind of pointless, but a, a lot of the stories I did, I was like, Oh, this is a cool perspective. I enjoyed this. But the reason John's ranting right now is because I know he said something on the show about the excerpt. I read the story and I too was like, this is terrible. I do not like this. <laughs> they never this agree like this, guys. Bad. This is a weird situation. Uh, I I am not um, even really an Obi Wan fan, but I feel like he got he got hit hard on this one. I was like, that does that's not Obi Wan at all. This is not his character. And I tried, I really tried to defend like what the writer was thinking here. Okay, this is not this is not Obi Wan. Uh, in an in a body, this is like his spiritual consciousness. He's thinking about the whole everything, and I was like, nope, it's still really bad. I mean, um, like just another. He's like, the one quick that convinces example. Luke in Return of the Jedi to like do the right thing, basically. I mean, yeah, I mean, in all three, I, I mean, know his. But I'm even saying, the like, Force Ghost version of him movie. doesn't even really, yeah, sure, but um. I'll say this too. At one point, like when Luke says R2 fire up the converters, he, the author says that he shoots R2 a look that says, don't you dare shoot up those converters. And then R2 shoots back a, a sound that he could only interpret as frick you. (laughs) And I'm like, really, really in, in this book or frick off or something. And I'm like, this is, this is, this is not Star Wars. It's not even, I don't know. It was just, it's not good. Um, so now, naturally, more people are going to read it because we just let them to be like, I got to read this thing. Well, that's but, what's tough about these compilation books because I didn't read the other 39 stories yet. I read the, I have yeah. the first book. I read the first book of the New York Comic Con edition signed by uh, Pablo Hidalgo, uh, who's very popular right now among fans. Um, but... And it's a shame because compilation books are tricky. I worked in publishing production. 39 of these stories could be great, like you say, James. Even the the one about a tauntaun having some sort of sentient thoughts about their life. Um, I, I, it's I, super I, weird, It's not, but, but it's not a bad but if it's story. A, but if it's, a, <laughs> yeah. if it's a part of a collection and yeah. if, if it means this Obi-Wan story gets erased from my brain in my canon, as Matt Martin says, canon is whatever you think it is. Well, guess what? That, from a certain point of view, Empire Strikes Back is in the fireplace yeah i i once i once listened to an album and it made me question being in a band because i was like this album is so terrible 
that what if people don't like my music Jeez. and it just was so depressing it was that bad yeah and this story did that for me i was yeah. like it made me feel like what am i investing in right now because not, this this doesn't line up with anything it doesn't make sense this calls into question the movies and what they were what they were doing and what they were saying it's just it's yeah. not good guys not good so Lisa, did you, a little did defense you on john's end I have no want to listen to it because I don't. Oh, boy. And here's why. My response is I don't want to listen to it and be like, this sucks. So to avoid that feeling altogether, I'm just not going to listen to it because despite what people say online about me in particular, I've seen people say it, is I avoid things that I don't like. Life sucks enough as it is. I don't need to be depressed or upset or angry about Star Wars. This is my escape. So if something's where the both of you are saying isn't good, I'm not going to take the time to listen to it because I would rather be like, wow, it has a really nice cover. Congrats to all those authors. What a wonderful book. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I I would love to point out good Mm -hmm. stories to send your way or something. Yeah, for sure. I heard the L337 one's good. That's what Alex Damon said. Mm-hmm. There's one about um, there's one about someone who writes propaganda stories oh, and cool. how she was brought and she's trying to get interviews with Luke and Han and Leia and stuff and she can't she can't do it um, because they're too high priority and she feels like she's a failure and then she kind of turns it around and um, the the stories that she ends up writing and who she interviews and stuff it, it's good it's good cool. it makes you feel good maybe about I'll try that but I'll avoid this Obi Wan one. <laughs> Sure, sure, sure. Yeah. Um, it's just the, the canon thing for me, and I know that's very possessive or whatever. It's just, it's, yeah. it's tough. It's tough. Um, Guys, we're still going. It's still Resistance hey, Report. This is look, nuts. Look. Um, The High Republic, uh, The Light of the Jedi, first eight chapters are going to be released uh, ahead of the January um, schedule. So the the, the basic thing here is... is um, we know that the High Republic has been pushed back and pushed back and pushed back, and they, in a lot of ways, I know they're trying to hype it up, but I, I think they're starting to worry that they might be losing people. So in order to get a little bit ahead of the game, remind people, getting people excited for it again, they have faith in the first book, so they're going to try to release uh, some of these stories to get people a little bit invested. I've read eight chapters. Maybe I'll go ahead and pick it up, finish the thing, um, see what happens now. Now that I got it for free, you know, it's like you get that first episode for free, and then you might subscribe to the season or whatever mm-hmm. um lacy i know you you thought this was a, a a bad move maybe on their part um it's not a bad move it's just like you said i think it's a worrying move like i don't I think, think it's yeah, a bad it seems move. desperate it, it it's a very hey we want to get this out there so people are paying attention move and it's one thing to release an excerpt or a couple chapters they're releasing eight chapters mm-hmm. that's that's a I don't know how many chapters are in this book, but to me, I was going to say it's got like 1600 chapters. Well, usually books are between, (laughs) you know, 15 to 30 chapters. So if you're releasing eight, that's almost could be a fourth of the book close to. What was it that we just got where I was like, oh, my God, oh, it was this. It was the the lightsaber collection book. Yeah. Mm. And I was like, stop releasing stuff from it. (laughs) I like that's why you buy the book is to own it. And when I got the book, I was like, oh, I did not expect. um, What is it? One hundred and fifty different lightsabers practically sure you know i was like oh so the 15 they released to the different outlets is nothing i will read this though because this is the one book that i'm the most excited for for the high republic so i do want to get a feel of it so maybe we'll have to do a mini book discussion of just eight chapters (laughs) 
I, I'm interested yeah. in reading it too. Um, it'd be funny, like why they chose this chapter to end with. Is it like they, it ends with like, and then Master Yoda raised his lightsaber, and you won't believe what happened next. To be continued. Yeah, it's like oh, <laughs> Charles Soule, you son of a gun. I mean, and they didn't release all eight at once. They're going to be releasing it slowly. One and Slow two drip, um, yeah. are available as of now, but um, but yeah, they're going to be. Uh, That's what they call it. it. That's a marketing term. No, I know. You know what? You, you know what it reminds drip. me of. The Resistance Brew by Weird Brothers Coffee. <laughs> <laughs> um, da, da, da. I guess, well, that is that is it from uh, the Resistance Report. Uh, Lacey, let's let's get on to the next section. Let's, let's try to finish up this show. Yeah, so guys, it's time for the Patreon pod race. So there are lots of ways you can support us. You can like this video on YouTube, comment, subscribe, ring the bell for notifications, by the way. It's very important. You can follow us on Twitter at R-B-A-T-S-W-N-N. You can follow us on Instagram at The Resistance Broadcast. You can buy our t-shirts and stuff. You can buy our now coffee. Whoa, what? Or if you want more of us, including videos and mailings and Discord chats, and much more, you can head over to patreon.com slash resistance broadcast. This is the best way to support us. Um, starting at $2 a month, it helps us make all this extra content, including uh, upgrading our equipment and getting more shows made like the Mando Fan Show and much more. So to be a part of this uh, section, I'm blanking right now, be a part of this section, there are multiple tiers, and the top tier, our generals, get to be part of the show. So first, I want to say thank you to our generals. So thank you, Carmelo, Andrew Staley, Jeremy Myers, Jeremy, <laughs> Jeremy Myers, Jeremy Myers, Who? Jeremy Myers, oh. Neil Shaw, David Probus, John Reese, Micah Harrison, Jetta Rosewater, Michael Gaines, Bethany, Russ Harbison, and Kendall Gelnar. Thank you guys so much for your support. It means so much to us. It helps us accomplish so many things we want to do. Yes. Um, so up this week, we have a rotation slot. It's going to be General Kendall who is the winner of our uh, celebration live show, Baby Yoda on a Chair. Ooh. Yes. Can't wait to see that, Gen- Kendall. But the giant, question yeah. we asked him to be a part of the show was, if you could have one piece of memorabilia from the set of the original Star Wars movie, what would you want to have? Size matters not. So, Kendall, take it away. Hello there. In thinking about a key piece of memorabilia from Star Wars... Uh, first, things come to mind like Luke's X-Wing helmet, Luke's lightsaber, maybe even Obi-Wan's robes. But the thing is, a lot of those things, they already make amazing replicas that look just like the movies and are often even more functional. So I think something a little more special and from a key moment of Star Wars is more something what I was after. And in the end, I came to choose this, which is a model from the Death Star trench scene run. That is the model they used to shoot the Death Star trench scene run. It's just such a key moment in Star Wars. And this would be such an amazing piece that you could put up on a wall, on a floor, maybe even, you know, up on a ceiling, just kind of staring at it up there every day. So anyway, that's my pick, is the model from the Death Star trench run. Nice, Kendall. Great answer. Great job. I'm going to start with John. John, what did you think? Uh, I just that they're getting very creative um, and whether that's with their statements or their visuals and stuff. Um, I love the choice. I love it too. And, 
um, the Death Star trench. I love the idea of putting that on your wall or ceiling or something like that. I think that is so cool, uh, especially if you have kids and they could have an X-Wing and fly by it as they're running down the, the, the hall. Uh, I find that very interesting. So uh, that, that's such a clever answer and your explanation that you can get the robes and other stuff elsewhere, but that one thing is very hard to replicate. So great job, Kendall. Knocked it out of the park. I love that you projected it and did it projected yourself into it in like a weird sort of way. <laughs> um, but... Uh, excellent uh, quality, excellent video quality too. So Kendall, you're the man. Uh, you're always so positive and fun. And uh, I'm loving your uh, journey with Lacey doing the collection stuff every day. I check your stuff. He's got uh, better that, stuff than me. Well, he's about to have better <laughs> stuff when he gets that Yoda too. So uh, th thanks for all your support, man. Appreciate it. And uh, we'll see you in the chats uh, and the calls. And of course, uh, next uh, rotation. James? Yeah, Um. I, I can't add too much more. I, I know that when you said it, I was like, oh, that is, that's a unique prop that like, you know, you ask 10 out of 10 people are not going to say that, <laughs> you know? Um, so I thought that was pretty cool. Uh, and it, it reminded me, I, I went in, uh, I went to Europe with my wife and we went to like the Harry Potter, like museum. Oh, I love that place. Yeah. Have you, you been there? Mm -hmm. Yeah. And, uh, there's a room where they have like a castle like the hogwarts castle but it's like the biggest one they built and it's like a full 3d version yes, of it and they it's use the one like, they used to shoot i mean yeah for a lot of the scenes um but they they would use it for like shots to make it look like they're like sweeping in near mm -hmm. the castle and stuff like that and i don't know why but like when you're talking about the death star i just kind of pictured like a big death star and this is just a portion of it it made me feel like getting a, a piece of that original hogwarts castle or something and i was like yeah that <laughs> That would be pretty crazy, and uh, I don't know why it took me there, but that was a little bit of my journey after uh, hearing your answer. So, yeah, good good answer, good prop, uh, great pod race. That museum is so good. It's, that studio it's tour. It's actually really cool. It's if the coolest tour fan, it's I've like ever been on. The the place to go. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And they have all their pictures up and stuff. I know it seems so dumb to say, and then, but like when you walk in, you're like, oh man, this is like... And then you go in and you're where? like, oh man, this is way better than I thought it was going to be. And How then, dare I stood where they stood? I went... <laughs> yeah, I went into Privet Drive and they were getting rid of that when I was there and I was like, oh, I'm so glad I got to go in private drive i like how the the little blonde kid says harry potter's name in such a, a potter draco malfoy <laughs> the little blonde kid yeah <laughs> you'll pay for this potter. <laughs> kendall like great job uh <laughs> i am totally jealous of your collection every day i'm like i i put like here's a book and kendall's like here's this replica of this ship and i'm like oh <laughs> Uh, Kendall's like, like Kendall's like Kendall goes, I got a VCR, she can't afford it. <laughs> All right, Kendall, thank you so much you for supporting. Have iPod Mini. <laughs> Thanks for supporting the show. We really appreciate it. Uh, but yeah, that's it for the Patreon Padres. Now we're going to hear from the rest of the community with Ask the Resistance. John. Thanks. I've been wondering, what are midi chlorians? Ask the <laughs> Resistance is the name of the game, and we try to give answers. Uh, so we're going to get through a bunch here uh, as quick as we can, because James uh, really wants to get out of here. So uh, Hi guys. Kevin Lewis <laughs> at Thronzon Fan asked, if Star Wars movies pick back up with episode 10 and continue the Rey storyline, will we see a love triangle with Rey, Finn, and Rose? 
If so, who do you think Finn would choose? Personally, I felt Rose's love for Finn was unrequited in that he didn't return it. Interesting. Uh, Lacey, do you have any thoughts on this type of situation? Hey, Kevin. How's it going? Thanks for the question. Um, as a very big romance fan myself, um, I think that they tried really hard to do a couple romances in the sequel trilogy and failed hard. Um, so I don't see that happening in whatever the movie comes next. And if it does, it needs to be more of a Kira Han romance because you have Rogue oh. One, which is basically like just friendship. You have sequel trilogy, which touches on things and there's a kiss, but it's it's awkward. Uh, and then you have, um, you know, Solo, which is a very good example of romance within an adventure film that doesn't take up the whole time, but there's m moments of it that make you feel for them. They're the most genuine relationship that I've seen in the new Disney era of films. Um, I don't think there's going to be a love triangle between Ray, Finn, and Rose. I don't think Finn and Rose really had a a romance it was like somewhat there but not really it might have been like a situational thing and then we had finn talking about it at celebration where it was like he doesn't have time he's in a war he doesn't have time for romance him and ray see each other as brother and sister so that's not really going to happen so again if there is a romance it's going to be off to the side it's not going to be the main thing and i don't think it's going to be between these three characters um i don't know if rose would even be in the next films i would hope that she would be but i don't know uh but if ray and finn are in it together it's definitely going to be a friendship uh, not a romance. Yes. Yes, indeed. Um, okay. Uh, James, I'm going to give you an option here. You can audible and take the one that's under your name now, or you can take the all of us one for yourself. <laughs> uh, I'll take the one that's under my name now. Okay. Because that other one I was kind of like, meh. All right, then we won't, I won't say what that one was now. <laughs> <laughs> all right well no i i meant because it was very obvious to me yes okay what the, cool. the what the answer was whereas the other one i f i feel like it's more fun to kind of debate the idea all right um all right so this one's from zanjo most at old master 357 magnum uh all right will the razor crest survive season two james Will we see a considerable upgrade like we did with the Mandalorian's armor or possibly a new ship altogether? Um, okay, so I I thought my, my initial thought to this was was yeah, because that'll be cool. They seem to be building up and that's an easy way to make new toys and other things like that. But I actually don't think they will. I think that they're going to try to keep the Razor Crest. As Millennium Falcony as they can, which is part of the appeal of the Razor Quest request, is that it's beat up and that it's bad, and it getting an upgrade um, doesn't it doesn't need one. Like it needs one. Everybody else says it needs one, but Mando's like doesn't need an upgrade. And that like, has lab. It is what it is. Those people would be very annoyed if for the next season they got rid of it. Yeah, and um, that's true. Another thing with this question too is that um, um, I forget. I forgot <laughs> what I just had in my head. Straight up, I was thinking about what Lacey was saying. Rise of Skywalker. No, it was that. Um, oh, that this ship already has been 
taken apart and and beaten down and Mm -hmm. no matter how many times he fixes it up or replaces the parts or you know he goes in and and says uh all right pit droids you know get it fixed up or whatever it doesn't change he's not upgrading it um so i i think that uh while his armor gets upgraded and it's visible anything that gets upgraded on the razor crest is always continually just it's gonna keep it looking like what it is right now which is the razor crest Right. That's why yeah. I had a hard time with this question. Right I feel you can answer the other one. The other one's a good good question. It's just, to me, I was like, nah. Well, because of time, uh, we'll probably bump it to next week or something. No sure. Matter. Um, all right. So last one here from, uh, this is a clever question from Rick Villanueva, um, one of our patrons, commander at Cad Bane's Bounty. What's going on, Rick? Uh, this was very clever. Will the child use zero to communicate with Din? So the droid that. Oh, I never thought uh, of that. Frogus Maximus used to speak to uh, Mando. Will Frog Lady. Frog Lady is uh, probably... I don't even know what her real name is. That's what her name is. I think it's Frog Lady. Her name is Frog Lady. Or Frog... I mean, as far as like... She's been referenced as Frog Lady. Yeah. So on, yeah. Her birth, on her birth certificate or her driver's license, it says Frog Lady. That's what Star the subtitles Correct. say in Disney+. Plus. I watch with subtitles. Yeah. That, it also that, says speaking frog too. Yeah. Th- th- this character is really <laughs> Ben Solo's like uh no the frog lady's like hold my beer Ben Solo. I'm the new I'm the new one who's stirring up trouble in Star Wars. All right. Uh will the child communicate? I don't think so. Uh just because I think that would be very anticlimactic. Everyone wants to know how he's going to eventually speak and doing it through this droid which we already saw happen. One takes away that magic because it already happened, and two just be like, "This is just weird." He was super um, verbal in uh, chapter yeah, ten. I'm sticking with my theory that I think he's 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 going to be speaking a different type of language, and it's going to be up to Mando to try to understand it, uh, whether someone else knows how to translate it for him, and that'll explain why Yoda speaks so awkwardly uh, with Basic because his species' native language isn't Basic. So I'm sticking with that theory. So and I I just don't think that that they're going to read up on this but i thought that was a very clever question rick so i appreciate you sending it in it made me think uh, another quick thing too is like i i don't think the baby is is actually saying any words in a foreign language right now Mm-mm. like i think this is like well, noises I didn't say that no. I, yeah so yeah. i think that that also is like a thing like even if he were to hook zero up or whatever and try to stick it in the baby the baby would be like imagine if it was just amplified blah, 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 of like, just over a speaker <laughs> Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's like clearly <laughs> clipping like <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um all right. So, uh that is that for uh this edition of Ask the Resistance. Use hashtag Ask the Resistance to send in questions at any time. Uh but we do send out prompts usually around Tuesday or so. Uh, and you could reply below with a question and get on the show. We really appreciate everyone who participates uh, because it really helps us um, get new perspectives in and different questions that we wouldn't think of and and leads to cool discussions. So we really appreciate it. Thank you, guys. Um, So that brings us towards the end. Make sure you do subscribe to the show. We talked about it before, but any of your favorite podcast apps, uh, including my personal favorite, Spotify, a lot of people have been joining us over there. Uh, it's really streamlined and really quick and easy. But if you have other preferred apps, check us out there. Because we got three shows every week now leading through the end of the year, including TRB today, Mondays, Thursdays, and the Mando Fan Show, which hits uh, your audio platforms after our live show on Friday nights. Mm-hmm. Uh, but also YouTube, because like we just said, Friday night, the Mando Fan Show is coming back live, 8.30 East. Uh, we're going to be joined by uh, Katrina Dennis this week to talk about 
uh, chapter 12 of uh, The Mandalorian, The Halfway Point. Carl uh, Weathers so episode. His Yeah, his, his directorial debut in Mandalorian. Uh, so, yeah, subscribe to our YouTube channel. A lot of people have been joining us over there as well, so we appreciate that. But the live show, there's something about joining us in that live chat. People seem to be really having mm-hmm. a good time with that. So join us live if you can. It's so sure. new and fresh to us. It is very cool. We're likely to, to make mistakes live and laugh <laughs> uncontrollably. Well, yeah. It's called breaking. Breaking bad. No, it's not called breaking bad. It's called breaking. This outro comedic is bad. term. <laughs> I don't know what's going on. Uh, go to StarWarsNewsNet.com every day for all of your Star Wars news, reviews, editorials, information, and more. Check out my review of the uh, Lego Star Wars Holiday Special today. Uh, you're going to go watch it anyway, but check out my review. I appreciate that. Uh, and that is about that. Uh, so, yeah, you guys have anything you want to say before we get out of here? JewelryBrands.shop. Yes, use TRB at checkout for 10% Ooh. off. Uh, so yeah on behalf of James Lacey I'm John and we'll see you next time Thursday morning right here on the Resistance Broadcast we'll see you around kids